welcome. Today is the first episode of Handmaids and Harlots. This podcast will both follow the progress of season three, Handmaids, on Hulu, and season three, Harlots, on Hulu, through the next two months. And then after, we will be taking a closer look at the textual references for both the TV shows. My co-host, a fellow fandom person aficionado, Kay. Kay, say hi. Hi. She's going to be working with me. You'll get used to her voice. And today, we're just going to run through in the early part a little biographical information. And that being the case... Kay, why don't you head us off with um, why you like Handmaids and Harlots and a little bit about your relationship to both shows and the reading. Well, I'd have to say that a lot of it is deal with the fact that I'm a history major and both of these are incredibly into historical reasoning, especially uh, Harlots, obviously. But uh, Handmaid's Tale really deals with a lot of historical precedents and religion, which is one of my minors that I had was religious studies. That's always kind of how I got into these things. Fantastic. So like, how old were you when you read Handmaid's Tale first time? 28. Did you read it for college? No, I read it because I heard uh, heard about it when I was in college, but it wasn't specifically for any kind of assignment or anything like that. So what were your first impressions of it? As a book. <laughs> Good God, I hope this never happens or I'm in trouble. Right. And how about Harlots? What was um, what was your introduction to Harlots? This is a very interesting show. I absolutely adored it between the costumes and like the historical backgrounds of it and the fact that it was being directed and everything by women. Women had a great deal of a hand in it. That is kind of a fantastic property for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, Ray, I read Handmaid's Tale a billion years ago because I'm really old. <laughs> I think it, I think the first time I read it, I was probably in my mid-20s. And I vaguely remember having picked it up at a rummage sale and only because I think another friend of mine had made the suggestion that I should read it. And so I picked it up and was like completely drawn in and devastated. So this is For context, this is somewhere between 1988 and 1990 that I read the book the first time. And based on sort of the political climate even then, and what I had grown up with during the emergence of the religious right in the 80s, this book felt really timely to me then. I was really excited when they said they were going to do the show, and then also appalled that it still felt timely. Mm -hmm. That these issues that Handmaid's Tale brought up in literature in the late seventies, early eighties were still topics that were had context in, you know, the modern era and the aught teens. Right. So it's pretty nuts to me. Um, And Harlots, I have to be honest, I'm a big fan of British TV shows in general. It's a thing I love costume dramas. (laughs) Kay and I have had this conversation. We both are really Big on costume dramas for lots of reasons. Sometimes it's fun to watch and pan their history because it's terrible. Oh, Sometimes, God. like Tudors. Oh right? God, rain! <laughs> Ow, or, uh, yeah, rain. There's another one. I oh, I couldn't even make it through the first episode of Rain. I'm not gonna lie. The minute I saw zippers in the back of the women's dresses, I was like, okay, done. I made it through two seasons. Uh, done. I'm like, it, okay. It, it was pure rage keeping me going at some point. Right. And some of the dresses legitimately look like early 80s gunny sex prom dresses. I'm not Mm -hmm. even going to lie. So like I was just put off by costuming. Immersion is 
incredibly important to me. This is the only reason I think that Tudors really worked for me as a show was because the history was really, I mean, the main beats were true about Henry VIII. He was, you know, all that stuff was there, but it, like the sequence of events and some of the timing, it was a little ridiculous. Oh God. Yeah. But the costuming at least tried. Was, was, it tried. It was later Elizabethan, most of it, mm. but you know, I'm an old Renfair freak, so, you know, I like looking at fancy frocks, but I was really happy not to see any zippers, so I, I, I kept my immersion, despite the fact that it wasn't, like, perfect production. It was a better than some production, so I can watch it. So true. <laughs> oh, I'm awful. Oh, um, no, it's, it's, there's so much wrong with so many, so many historical yeah. dramas. <laughs> we could probably just do a podcast, you and I panning costume dramas like literally just slaughtering them all (laughs) um so there is that so harlots came up on my you know i don't know if it was facebook or someone else that i am friends with who listens to or watch this costume dramas mentioned that this show was coming and then i saw it on hulu and i was like look at the cast (laughs) so i was like okay i have to watch this show and um have been just sucked in since for all the reasons because i also did the same thing you did which as soon as the episode aired i was on reddit and i was <laughs> and i was like looking up stuff on the internet and going oh wow this is like like a f- women's production and oh, yeah. it's and it's taking on some pretty hot topics within feminism sort of this really cutting kind of line between second wave and third wave or um, intersectional feminism and right I'm like this has got something to say so it's got a point of view and I like it so um <laughs> I was gonna say the, the main point for me was sitting there and realizing that I had watched Spartacus for the eight billionth time and I could pretty much quote it and oh, it was like God. I need a new historical drama <laughs> oh sweet heaven that was a thing yes it was I, I think I only watched the first season with the original guy and I I love all the actors in it, like, a lot, but I don't know. I just didn't get as hooked into that as maybe I could have. I guess Roman stuff is just not my costume drama bag. I really like, you know, hair too high to survive and <laughs> and bustles on my hips. I love that stuff. I'm like, I'm terrible. Well, I really do. <laughs> I really do like uh, everything from... Tudor England to through all the way to Regency. I'm just kind of, I can't say no. If it's, if it's Jane Austen, I am so on point. I'm like, I I mean, I've read a graphic novel that was about Regency to the, uh, the whole thing. It was very cute. It was about a maid. Right. Nice. I love those those sorts of things. So these things really apply, appeal to me. Um, Margaret Atwood. I've read a couple of her other books. And I'm familiar with her poetry as well. So I'm I'm a big fan of her writing. It's people talk about how it's too dry or I don't know. She's really sparse with descriptions a lot of times, but she I think her sentences are really packed with a lot. Like did she proves what you can do with very few words. Like without over doing it i think i like her style 
So that I, mind. I think that she, I think she really tries to just get to the point of things. She doesn't try to make things really flowery. Right. Well, and the other thing people teen, tend to forget is that for the most part, Handmaid's Tale is first person. So some of this is filtered, of course, through Offred's mind, right? And <laughs> it's her, it's her internal dialogue. So it's not, you know, the same setup as you would get in a novel. Like, you know, this is what, these are the things the aspects of the life and the location and the situations that Offred takes notice of. And mm -hmm. they set up at least in the show, not so much in the book. I don't remember. I have to admit I'm saving my read through till we get to doing our read through. I'm going to my next read through, but that she's an editor, which is editors are going to look for the most concise way to put a thing forward. So it makes sense. It kind of her head works in that way. Describing describing things without beating you over the head yeah it seems fair <laughs> yeah reasonable reasonable so that's kind of where we're coming at it from we're a little late we realize it's season three but that gives us lots of stuff to actually go back and fill in between the reread of handmaid's tale the previous <laughs> two seasons of handmaids we also will have the previous two seasons in this season's of Har season of harlots to discuss through the course of the podcast and we have done a little research and found out the book on which harlots was for the most part based in history it's called the covent garden ladies by hallie rubenhold i think is how you say it although it's british i there may be some i may be saying it wrong rubenhold rubenhold i'm not sure just say it and try to move on there's the best you can do for it's, some names some names at any rate so her book, Covent Garden Ladies, will be the companion book that we will be reading after we get done with season three of Harlots sometime in late July, mid-August. We will hopefully do that. You guys will, it'll all flow together eventually. I'll be like on our wavelength. But we so want to get smooth. through, since these two seasons are back to back, we're just going to roll from season three Handmaids into season three Harlots. And then we'll go back and we'll look at the text for both shows um and we'll you take know, one when you finish one you have to continue on with anything else you can find right and what we might do with the read-through is then discuss the other episodes of the shows that pertain to the to the read-through where we're at in the read-through which also makes sense because at this point in handmaids as you guys who are watching it are aware we've kind of gone way past what was originally written in handmaid's tale so mm -hmm. We're in uncharted territory, at least until Atwood's new book comes out. I cannot wait. I know, right? We have a plan or a setup for the podcast. So every week, what the podcast will start with, unlike today, will be a brief synopsis of the episode, either delivered by myself or by Kay. And then we will get into a more detailed analysis of the actual show. Um, we'll talk about sets and costuming scenes, talk about the pacing and the energy of the scenes, all those sorts of things. Probably talk about the music because music also figures pretty highly in the show. It's a very important kind of touchstone throughout the series. So we'll probably discuss that. And then the end of the episode for the podcast, we will finish up with probably some conversation about news things that we've seen about the show about the actors, actresses who are involved, about plans for new seasons if they come up, and 
may reference various articles or essays written on the reddits that accompany either of these two shows so that is going to be sort of our flow for each episode so you know there's a beginning middle and an end we're not aimless we're not well okay we kind of are at some points we Uh, might we might you know go off on tangents every oh i never said we weren't on tangents but at the very least we uh We've tried to focus it. We we will try to focus so that it's easy enough to follow. And we just want to make this episode really short, just a brief introduction for folks so they can kind of get to know a little bit about us. In terms of biography, like we talked about our relationship to the books, but I guess maybe we should tell a little bit about who we are. Um, I am a cis, heterosexual <clears throat> female. I live in the Midwest. I am 51 years old. And I am the mother of two children, two grown sons. I am an avid reader. I am a gamer. I am a podcaster. And I'm a woman with a side hustle. <laughs> That's side my hustle. thing. You know, I don't have a job, but I have a side hustle. I have a serious side hustle. <laughs> Just sounds so, like you're slinging things. I, I know, doesn't it? A little bit. It feels a little, a little like bit. that, too. Just, it feels a little like that, too. Just a so, smidge. Just a smidge. This is what happens, kids, when you don't finish college. <laughs> well, then what's my excuse? I did. You have that excuses. You have perfectly logical reasons for the circumstances you find yourself in. But in either case, so that's kind of my story. I have two cats, which you may at some time hear because I have one of them who's a terrorist and will invade any space I'm in by digging doors open and then showing up to meow. I apologize. And other than that, I mean, I don't know what more to tell you about my insanity, my specific insanity. I will leave Kay to discuss her own. My own insanity? Um, Oh, it's all mine. All right. Well, I'm a 32-year-old cis female who happens to be lesbian. I am married and have been for just about five years. Married my best friend. Best choice I've ever made. You know, most days. I've kind of always been into historical things since I was really young. And I live in the Midwest as well. You know, got to keep us historians stuck somewhere, right? And I don't have any children except fur children. And I have a very small menagerie at that. Uh, I have two guinea pigs, three snakes, a lizard, a cat, and a dog. The cat, actually, you might still hear too, because he likes to demand things while I'm doing anything on the computer. It's true. He's it's really bossy. He's so bossy. I'm also a video gamer. I also do video game streaming up on Twitch. Yeah, I think she that's... Does. I do. She does. And she runs a really amazing roleplay guild. Oh, thank you. And that super ancient MMO that everybody knows about. <laughs> now they're going to be like RuneScape? RuneScape. Yes, RuneScape. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. We have a whole room full of sheep. <laughs> well. Oh, sweet heaven. No, I haven't heard that in a long time, but I didn't play RuneScape for the record, but my sons did. And that was the best way they built these houses. And then there was, you know, if you wanted wool all the time, you just, and nobody to steal your sheep. You just built a room and filled it with sheep. I don't. (laughs) I was going to say, I never played that, but my very first video game I ever did get to play was Princess Pony's Magical Adventure. I'm. I'm sorry, I'm having a I'm having a seizure right now. Princess Pony, what? Princess Pony's manic- magical crystal adventure. Holy cripes. 
Well, I didn't choose the game, okay? I got it chosen by an aunt. (laughs) Uh, It's terrible. I have boys, so, you know, the first game in my house was like, well, that's not even true. Because I played, this is one of those things I was talking to Kay about, I think, earlier this week. But the ridiculousness with which the whole idea that women don't exist in gaming culture and never did. I'm like, um, in 1984, I spent through well actually 83 through 86 i spent almost every weekend in my best friend's basement with her (laughs) and we played in television and nintendo like 12 15 hours a day if we could get away with it and then when their parents would say get out of the basement and go somewhere we'd go to the mall and go straight to the arcade and play video games with the who didn't so like i'm I don't know what they mean by that. I've been playing video games forever, but I've also been reading when I'm not allowed near electronics, which sometimes (laughs) happens. I read a lot of books. So there's that. While we get off on our weird gaming thing, we're just going to stop. We're going to roll slow our roll (laughs) and try to try to retain some semblance of academic integrity here. I have I I did an entire academic paper on women in gaming representation. See, this is why we're we're doing this together. She's like, she's for real. I have three quarters of a degree in United States history. I did international history as well. So I covered all my bases. There's only she, a couple of countries I didn't study. But she graduated. I did. I graduated. I, I didn't. You my, know what's more useless than a history degree? An, an unfinished one? A three quarters of one. <laughs> that's That's how that works. Well, they were, they had to let me graduate. I was running out of classes to take. Gotcha. So now you know kind of where we're coming at this from, at least personally. I grew up with the book. Kay did not necessarily, but we both represent, I think, a fairly good cross-section of the average watcher of either of these shows, I think. I think it's fair to say. I think so. And so... And we have a little bit of intellect behind, seen behind what we have to say about these shows. Every um, once in a while. Every once in a while. We're consumers Everyone. to some extent, but also studied. And and I think appreciate the history of both books, the research that was put into both shows by the originating text from which they are derived, I think is really important. And that's, you know, kind of the other half of the show. We can talk about the Hollywood part. Um, oh, yeah. But I think the literary part is really important. The historical part is really important. And I think for both myself and Kay, philosophically, what's really important is the issues that both of these shows bring up. And I think it's an interesting way to take them both. Is One is about prostitutes. So women who, because of circumstances situation, are using their bodies as a commodity and a futuristic dystopia in which women, women are forced to become commodities are forced to become a commodity which i think is really there i think there's a lot of fruitful intersection there between these two stories that may come up we may come up with some interesting thoughts as we get going after we've had coffee just, just a couple with just meat. a couple cups and then maybe we'll need wine depending there might be some of those episodes Oh, God, it's going to be great. <laughs> Not going to lie. Wine, the wine episodes. <laughs> oh, no, it happened again. Um, 
yeah. the tangents. <laughs> right. So to finish up, in light of what we suggested was our flow for the show, and we probably want to talk a little bit about some of what we've been reading from the critics who are allowed to see the first half of the season of this season of Handmaids. Now, we're not going to spoil anything, so there's oh, no spoilers here. We're not going to spoilers, not today. But you can pretty much just saying any further episodes after this that we do will be spoilers. And those spoilers will include the written material and all three seasons of Bojo's. So from this point on, it's like a serious spoiler warning. But this episode right now, we're not going to go too spoilery. But it just doesn't sound good. I don't think the critics were really impressed. Yeah, it sounded like... What was your take? It really sounded like they were just super, super focused less on the story and more of just like putting it into some kind of designation of a beginning and middle. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is because they are also waiting for the next book. It could be. I think they're trying to think that maybe the book is going to cover the seasons two and three. Well, tread some water. You know what I mean? They're just sort of treading water so they can make derivative ideas about what happens between book one and book two. Quite possibly. It just seems like a lot. And after what happened with Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, nobody is blamed for being incredibly angry. This could be back uh, back lot from that. And I've noticed too, and I don't know, Andy, how much like read the Handmaid's Reddit, but it seems like for like the last, well, last season, there was a lot of complaints from people about the pacing of the show. They were really and, complaining about that. And really complaining too about why hasn't there been more plot development like we got lots of we keep getting lots of character development this is like the opposite problem to what happened with game (laughs) of thrones it's like nope these are plots who cares about character arcs so um you know like what is it dan dan david benninghoff said he said um themes are for high school or middle school book reports that's what he said i'm like oh Oh wow seriously you said that okay so I'm going to adapt like the largest franchise in recent fantasy history, but I'm going to say that themes in literature and in film are just for high school book reports or great middle school book reports. Like I said, I think those guys got tipped off by the whole, you know, uh, they ran Star out of Wars thing. Have, yeah, I think that's too, too. We won't get into my weird tinfoil about why Game of Thrones <laughs> started sucking. That's a whole nother podcast, which I already did. Um, but. <laughs> The point is, yeah, there were a lot of complaints on Reddit about the pacing. And I, you know, I didn't feel that way. But I think my third watch through of the season, I sort of started to kind of have some sympathy with that because I found, why is she still here? Mm -hmm. There were some questions about what point was there to all of what she had gone through to get the baby out and then and herself out. And then she stays. Yeah. Um, Well, I get the... Completely with her escape <laughs> sitting there. Right. Just and, and since previous we've already attempts. Seen her, right, we've seen her twice more try to escape. Three times? Basically try to, no, twice more, try to escape. But she always ends up back at the Waterford. And this was the main complaint of everybody. It's like, you would think by now she would have, she, I mean, she's in, she's in contact with Mayday, right? And apparently the Marthas now we know have some kind of weird quasi resistance underground railroad thing sorted out right (laughs) so like why did she and is it just because they're milking that drama between her and fred and and serena 
because they don't really have anywhere to go with the rest of the story. I'm not really sure. I I don't know what I think of it. I mean, I would have, I wouldn't have mind to see a new handmaid being brought in, you know, with knowing the setup and situation and seeing if things would have been different because of everything that happened. Like, would Fred be more strict? Would Serena be absolutely out of her mind strict? Or would she be more sympathetic? I mean, she did lose a finger, right? Yeah, a little bit of a finger. A little bit. It's an issue of bodily autonomy, guys. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, the slippery slope. We take away a woman's right to reproductive determinism. And then what's to protect women from other things when that is no longer her own? And her body's, you know, no longer her own. Which I think is the question that Serena is now asking herself. What did you think about Serena's character development last season? Well, spoiler warnings now. <laughs> Again. No, I think I think they're definitely trying to show more of her side of why she would have gone down this path and why she might seem like so self-absorbed and unable to really see what kind of a hell she's putting people through and that she had a hand in it. Yeah. And a very big hand in it. I don't know. I think she went through a lot that this last season and it maybe be trying to give her some more humanity, which I can kind of see closer towards the end. Um, you, seeing kind you, of what she created. Right. What do you think about all these people who are want ever like the voices that come up on Reddit and elsewhere that want to see Serena Joy get a redemption arc? Do you think she can she can have one? <sighs> that is a really tough question. I think that she can attempt to try to make things better in the world around her but i really don't know i mean like a part of me watching the show wants to say absolutely not because she has done so many horrible things and not just including the major hand she had in creating gilead right but you know there's always going to be a part of me that hopes that somebody can change something and turn their entire life around and maybe start to make amends to people right that's as far as I can feel right now. I mean, maybe it'll be like Game of Thrones and I'll just flip a table and just be like, this is not what I meant. Right. I wonder, you know, it's a really interesting question to ponder too. Like, do you think that some of it is because her sudden introspection and consideration of the consequences and circumstances that she finds herself in, that June finds herself in, that they as a partnership in a strange way find themselves in? That that baby was born a girl. Mm -hmm. I think that if it had been a boy, it would have been a completely different situation because uh, she wouldn't have had to take a deep look into Gilead and the the choices and the choices that are going to be made for the child. There wouldn't be as much pressure upon the child. There wouldn't be obviously what happened to to Eden. Right. Well, Eden was never going to be destined to be an O'Connell wife anyway. No. Or not Eden, I mean Holly, because there's just no way. <laughs> you know, your dad's a commander and your mom's like the mother of the revolution, quote unquote. Yeah, so there's no way you're being an Ikata wife. <laughs> you're going to end up in that situation unless you really screw something up or Fred really screws something up. Because now they're kind of at that point, aren't they? Yeah, As a sounds family. Like I think there's a lot of subtext going on that. Fred is really powerless or just now has woken up to the idea that he's as pow- almost as powerless as the women that he has under his control mm-hmm. over what's going to happen. It's interesting too. And here's Nick, this big power broker. And I wonder how long that's going to last. Cause... Oh goodness. 
worried about the marthas (laughs) that's gonna be a wine episode i'll tell you right now (laughs) first episode's gonna be a wine (laughs) if something happens to nick it's gonna be a wine episode i'm gonna be (laughs) gonna be one of those because holy cow you know he was attached to the big eyebrows yeah well he wasn't as well developed in the book like his character he's just sort of that guy you know the guy the guy the driver that lives above the garage he's like literally kind of that guy but he's become such an integral part now of the household and of Alfred's existence her life june's june's inner life and external life clearly that Mm -hmm. you know when he goes if he goes let's let's just hope not i don't know anything this isn't a spoiler it's based on conjecture of oh my god anybody could die just gotten done watching 10 years of game of thrones everybody could die (laughs) everyone so uh, you know if nick if nick hits the you know hits the highway to heaven it's gonna be really tough i think for june in particular i wonder if that will be the final straw for her to get out of that house at whatever cost is necessary because in some ways you know he is an enablement he is you know he's a he's an inducement to stay in the very least and i think he's an enabler because she gets away with some stuff that you know none of the other handmaids would know because nick is there kind of like the eye <laughs> you know if any of the other houses dies in it i don't know that that relationship is quite the same you know oh goodness no although probably others <laughs> i mean i i, I wonder <laughs> where serena joy came up with the idea that i will just have my driver impregnate my handmaid She's a creative chick, but I don't know. Would she come to that? Would she have come to that on her own? I don't know. Would many wives talk about that kind of thing? Yeah, it'd be dangerous, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just have one time that you serve the wrong kind of coffee or tea, and it's like, no, nah, I got to let somebody know about this. Well, it's just interesting, isn't it? Because it's like, do wives talk about this? And then what is the context of when they talk about this? And this is not a life that we're seeing. And I'm not complaining about this, but like, if they're really having a hard time finding content for the shows beyond this endless hamster wheel of rape, retaliation, confrontation, rape, retaliation, confrontation, right? Which just seems like it's what we're dealing with. But if they could come up with something else, Oh, interspersed or broke up by, you know, apparent attempts to escape that don't go anywhere. But (laughs) I think it would be really interesting to see some more stuff about the wives. Yeah. Like when they're all in their, you know, tea room by themselves, what are they talking about? I want to see more time about the wives and the handmaidens. I really don't care about the commanders. (laughs) Well, I like it when Creepy Fred shows up for a little while and, you know, leers at, at Offred and is cold to his wife or patronizing holy crap is he patronizing when he wants to be i just want to say rapides is so great in this but i don't know if i'll ever be able to watch him in another thing like i pretty just him and his brother just play really great villains i'm pretty sure shakespeare in love is fucking wrecked for me now (laughs) i'm pretty sure i can't ever watch it joseph fine sorry whichever joseph fine but i'm yeah I'm, i'm fairly certain that it that that Shakespeare in Love is totally trash for me now. I'm going to be going. So when is Creepy Fred going to do something? <laughs> I'm like, he's like leering at Violet DeLessip. Look at that. Ew, You're shudder. Right. I'll be just done. I don't think I can do it now. <laughs> Not again. And it's one of my favorite movies. So it's like, oh, no. Oh, you poor one. But, well, I don't know. 
I don't want to drag on too long because I have a feeling that our post episode episode next week, which you can expect to receive, I think we discussed Saturdays will be our release. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so Saturdays will more than likely be our release. Um, you'll get our first episode that really be gets into the series. We'll have episode one to unpack next week, which will be June. Let me check. June 8th. Mm. You can look for the, episode, the real episode one to go along with episode one, season three of Handmaid's Tale. And Heck that's it. Heck and yeah. <laughs> so if you enjoy this podcast, if you have anything that you would like to share with us ladies um, by way of comments or suggestions or story ideas or anything at all, we are really excited. We'd be really excited to hear what you have to say. And you can catch us. We are at Handmaids H at Handmaids H or Handmaids and Harlots on Twitter. You can toss us a line on Twitter. Follow us there. Mm-hmm. And leave us, a, leave us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And if you want a long form complaint. <laughs> Because we really sucked, or you have a lot to say. Um, you can also reach us at handmaids and harlots at gmail.com. I mean, they could have a really long good suggestion too. They could. And you could please I'm go trying ahead. to be positive. Trying to be positive. Right? You might have a lot of good things to say. It's true. We might not suck. It's possible. You can also, of course, I think leave comments on Anchor where you will find this podcast as well as links to all of the other outlets that this podcast will eventually become available anchor takes a little while to spread out stick it thread its sticky little fingers through the various podcast podcast platforms so as time goes on the podcast will be available on i believe up to nine different platforms for your listening pleasure and if you want to see any of the eventual essays or episode notes from us you can also catch us at wordpress we have a blog on wordpress as well uh handmaids and harlots.wordpress.com there it is so you can send us posts there and read whatever it is and maybe articles that we link and stuff that we find that's I'm going to give you an idea of what we're going to be discussing over the next couple of weeks. So you can ask questions about them specifically if you want or make observations through WordPress as well. So that is it for today from Ray and my lovely co-host. Okay. And we will see you next week on Saturday within, with the first episode. And we can't wait to see how this goes and what y'all have to say and if you enjoy it. Because we can't wait to talk about it. We do this every week, whether anybody's recording or not. So there's that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.